Hello and welcome to a Man on the Post podcast. Yeah, that's right, a Man on the Post podcast from the World Football Index. And that's not Chris you're hearing, that's me, Ross. Remember me? And I'm here with Adam. Remember him? <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> so people have last heard you, Adam, on the Pieces of Me podcast where you enraged uh, a crazy Irishman with your Paul Scholes pick. Yeah, who doesn't love Paul Scholes? Even I love Paul Scholes, I'm a Leeds fan. Yeah, he's ginger as well. Irish people should love him. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a tough summer for Paul Scholes so far. This heat is not doing him any favours at all. No. <laughs> but yes, He is in a whole world of freckles. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. We're going to do some transfer roundups. We're going to do some English football roundups because we've been successful at national levels. And um, anything else we can think of before we uh, before we end this podcast so let's start today shall we the under 19 England under 19s have won the European Championships with a 2-1 victory over Portugal uh, goals from uh, a young man who plays for Aston Villa I can't pronounce his name and uh, a young chap called Sterling who plays for Chelsea um, one of the Man City kids oh no sorry the young guy that plays for Chelsea plays for Portugal and then one of Man City's English kids gave us the victory um, we're down to 10 men for the last 10 minutes as well. Good old game. Heroic. Yeah. But they've won that. The under-20s won the World Cup, didn't they? They did, yeah. Last that, that was last month. And the under-21s lost in the semi-finals on pens to the Germans. So, so uh, the, uh, the older they get, the more they, they're regressing to what we, what's expected of them, the closer they get to the full squad. Yeah, they're almost at peak England by the time they reach the full squad. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're a step away from getting knocked out by Iceland <laughs> or, or not making it out of their group. Yeah, true. But it, that's a pretty successful summer, and we've we've had these sort of generations before where they do well at youth and then they make the step up and just into that, just get familiar with failure at the the full national level. But it's promising, isn't it? Yeah, you have to say now that you, the accusation can no longer be made about England youth football that the reason we were the reason we were good is because we were um, more physical and stronger mm. and more, more basically that, that that whole thing that we probably all remember from when we played some Sunday league or Sunday football as yes. kids when the bigger kid yep. <laughs> was just better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because he was a better footballer. It's because he had underarm hair. <laughs> and a bit of a, a bit of moustache. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, the, the players we're producing at, at these levels, and even the, the the younger players coming into the into the first team now, when mm. you're talking about players like um, Adam Lallana, yeah, um, well, I can't I think of more. That's how I, yeah, you know the players. I mean that they they these are now technically gifted players. Yeah, I mean Lallana was arguably our best player at the last major tournament. They're, they're, they're players who 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 aren't lacking in in touch and mm. shouldn't give the ball away. I would say that I still have big questions about whether English footballers are um, as uh, as tactically astute as yeah. their um, their foreign counterparts, and whether that will be our next big big hurdle to overcome. Yeah, I think it can only help having. Uh, what is it now? Twenty percent of English man- uh, managers in the Premier League being from Barcelona. That can only help these kids in their in their futures, learning tactics and learning how to play football the right way. Yeah, the pro- the problem is whether they um, whether you start to have problems with 
the players, you look at, at Guardiola and he's perhaps turning his back on mm. some of the players because he just they, they can't get what he wants them to do because they haven't learned what yeah. he expects of them from a young enough age. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, the, the under-20s team that won uh, the World Cup, a lot of them, they're not playing regular Premier League football, but they're getting a lot of game time at championship level. Looking at the squad, the only one that really played any sort of Premier League football was Lewis Cook at Bournemouth last season. Um, and, um, and Mason Holgate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's... And, Jordan, and Jordan Pickford. Pickford, yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry, He's on 21, the... wasn't he? You're talking about the 20, under 20s, sorry. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, the, um, the, there's a lot of names in there that are really highly rated kids, like that Dominic Solanke who's just moved to New, um, Liverpool, was it, from Chelsea? Yeah, again, in t- trying to name um, Everton players in that under 20 team, though, um, um, Calvin. Um, Calvin, what is his name? Calvin, Calvin Lewin. Calvin Lewin, yeah. He's played a couple, he played, did play a couple of games for us last season. I'm not, he wasn't obviously. Mm. And every game starter, but he's he's had some taste of Premier League football. Everton had five players in that squad. I know. <laughs> the and, most and, then, and then look at how many I've named in that under twenty ones team. <laughs> <laughs> Representing. <laughs> it's it well, it's a bright future for Everton and we'll move on to their transfer business in a bit as well. Everything's kind of fallen into place quite nicely, isn't it? Future's future's looking rosy. I'm almost <laughs> giddy with excitement, Russ. I'm almost giddy. <laughs> some people um, can't understand it, but and then there are some nice things you see when you look at this. Just looking at this team here in this under, who played in the under 19s final. Yeah. Um, sure, I don't know who hardly any of these players are, apart from Ryan Sessegnon, and that's only because he was linked with every Premier League club in. Yeah, I mean, arguably the best left back in the Championship last season. And it, but it's nice, nice to see the um, the just he's clearly very well advised because <laughs> talking about sort of. Off-season moves. He he has signed a new contract with Fulham, hasn't he? Yeah, who are going to be challenging at the top end of the championship again, and he's key. He's, going to be play, he's just going to be playing football. That's yeah. the first point. Exactly. He could have gone to uh, Spurs, for instance, and been third in the pecking order at left back next season. Yeah, or, or Manchester United, where he could have been. Well, well, look at Luke Shaw. Then, <laughs> yeah, or you find yourself behind Darmian, who's a right back. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean. Another one in that under nineteen squad, Andre Dazelle, his dad used to play for Ipswich and he's um I think he's eighteen years old. He's a real talent as well. But these are the kind of they need to just play a lot of football at this level and not be the not become the next John Bostocks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with them. If they get snapped up and not used, it, it just kills their careers before they even really get going. But yeah, under twenty one squad th- I mean that German team was disgustingly good. Yeah, it was going to be tough. I mean, that—that's where you see again. You, you talk about the difference in quality. There were still uh, some players in that. There was probably as many players in that Germany squad that you're familiar with as mm. there were in that England squad. Yeah, prob- yeah, which are, says yeah. which says a lot about the sort of the chances that that that, that they're getting at. At England level, off the top of my head, I sort of, you know of players like Tammy Abraham, but he's not a, he's not a a starter, is he? He's not. No, he's well, he's he played a lot of Championship football last season. That's where I know him. But yeah, he's he's Chelsea are never going to give him a game. He's gone alone. No, so Huddersfield this season. In terms of players there who were who were getting a, a solid game, you've got what uh, Pickford, yeah. Holgate, 
Chambers, well, even Chambers had to go on loan. He was supposed he was still playing for Middlesbrough. So they're still in the Premier League. Yeah, Ward-Prowse. Uh, James Ward-Prowse. Uh, Nathaniel Chalabar. Yeah, he was on loan again last season. He's just left Chelsea now as well. Um, yeah, Jack Grealish, but that's Championship football. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's tough for them to even uh, to break into their Premier League clubs once they're at under twenty one level as well. It's I don't know, but you can't <laughs> you can't really say you can't bring that rule in where they've got to play a certain amount of kids because it no no they get chances at other clubs. And, and these players are clearly good enough. They'll get some, some players don't need to get that. Well, don't need to. some. Not every player has to be some sort of roaring success from from eighteen. No. And tearing it up, and they can players can break in. Players can develop at different levels. Players can can drop down and come back. Mm. Yeah, that's a good thing about the the, the under twenty one squads and the under twenty squads. You, if you get a taste of the first, like um, what's his face, the Man United striker, Marcus Rashford. He's been around the under twenty ones after he's been to the the, the last um, Euros of England, so it gives him a bit more of a, a taste of the big time before coming back and being one of the more vital players for the the younger uh, squads. Well, yeah, and that and that's one of the things that goes like yes, we said that about our um, our under twenty one team, but there were the players who didn't go, mm. Rashford being one of them. Um, I think there was another quite big name player whose name is going to escape me. Uh, I can't find the squad for the recent one, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's not a bad squad. But yeah, there's there's some there's definitely names in there that could have probably could have been in it. I'm sure Deli Ali probably still qualifies for the. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Done it. <laughs> that's completely random. That, that works. That works out all right. Yeah, if you you had Deli Ali and Marcus Rashford there, players who've scored. I imagine. 30 Premier League goals last season between them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Then that, that's a sizable additional bit of talent that's mm, yeah. missing. Whether when it put them over the edge, I don't know. That like we said, that German team was special, and that Spain team was very good as well. Yeah. But I, th- I think, like I said, the future is looking good. It is. Speaking of future looking good, let's move on to transfers. And Everton have flexed their financial muscle this uh, uh, summer. Well, it's a, we're very gauche. We've got too much money. <laughs> no you, one you likes new money. new money. No one likes it. Some people can't completely understand where, what's happening and where everything is spending all this money from. But you have signed two, four, six, eight, nine players apparently this summer. Um, let's start in terms of price. Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane. And in, both good young English players as well. Yeah. So you pay for the English part of that as well, I think. Yeah, they're also like you said, they're they're young. Yeah, Keane's been around the block for a long time, and he's very experienced for his age, and he's a really really good. And was back. and was being linked all over the place. Was being linked with moves back to Manchester United, mm-hmm. with um, uh, Liverpool was supposed to be interested. So, I think it, it's a, a big sign of intent. Yes, Pickford, and I'm happy with that move. Yeah, well, again, and they're two players under twenty who are twenty four or under. Yeah. So it's getting that team younger, especially Michael Keane in an area where the team was old. Yes. Does he? Does he come straight in and replace Jagielka or um, Williams? Yeah, Jagielka or Williams, I would suspect. Suspect he's certainly not going to be playing on the bench. No. Um I don't know what. Um, I don't know what. What 
Koeman's feelings are on Holgate, where he sees Holgate playing in the future as a as a right back or a centre back, whether he yeah. goes for that that youth completely. Maybe the best idea is to, to eke another season or two out of Jagielka with Keane alongside him and hmm. bring Holgate along slowly. Yeah, that could work perfectly for the future. Because then you're talking about in, in two years' time, Keane's 26 and he's the experienced centre-back who can yeah. play alongside side the others. Um, and Pickford was in a player in a, in a huge area of need for us. Uh, we were so poor at goalkeeper last season. Yeah, Robles in, uh, wasn't wasn't up to the standard of previous Tim Howard-esque um, levels. Yeah, and, we, um, and you could see that that again, Koeman didn't know what to do because he couldn't he couldn't make his mind up between Stecklenberg and Robles. He was going from one to the other, yeah, shift just shifting back and forth, hoping at, at one point one of them was going to get a bit better and make life easier for them. And it <laughs> never <laughs> really happened. No, Pickford raised a lot of eyebrows from fans of other clubs. I didn't see many Everton fans being too disappointed with this because I obviously he conceded a lot of goals, but he was a Sunderland keeper. He was Gunu. When you play yeah. against, when you play behind almost no defenders, it's going to happen a lot. But he makes a lot of saves, and he's so so young. Keepers don't reach their peak till their thirties. No, and look, we, he made it into uh, probably the last last podcast that um, Man in the Post podcast I did was <laughs> the one with Chris, where yes. he, he made it into our team of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, obviously, his team finished bottom, but that's not definitely not on his fault. That's on everyone else's fault around him. He was a standout player for them. Should we get the Wayne Rooney shaped and out of the way? <laughs> what, what, what are your feelings on Rooney returning? Ah, oh, they changed spectacularly when I saw that goal he scored in his debut. Not bad, was it? <laughs> Another one of them, I'll be happy. Still got it. Um, I don't. I. I wonder whether this could be, like, whether playing for Everton is obviously all he's ever really wanted to do is a, from when he was a boy. Yeah. He's gone, he's got a whole lot, gone to Man United, got a whole lot of experience, won an obscene amount of trophies. Yeah. Um, whether he comes back and can be a positive influence on that squad and whether actually it can kind of kickstart his career again, whether he, mm. I wonder where he's going to play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my, my guess would be maybe a, as the number nine. Okay. And which I've always thought is his best position, personally. Yeah, definitely. That his best season at Man U was up, up, definitely far up top with Ronaldo. Uh, and um, I think he could, I think he could score a lot, quite a few goals. I wouldn't. I, I, it could go either way. It could go either way. But um, I'm not one of these Everton fans that uh, had any hard feelings towards him or begrudged him in any way when he left. No, how could um, he, anyone in their right mind have turned that down? Yeah, 18 years old, a club that couldn't fulfil his ambition. Yeah. Basically paid off Everton's debt at the time. Yeah. And it's not like it's not it's not like it's not like um I know this this came good in the end, but it's not like the old adage that you had in um in NBA for a long time where you had a lot of Cleveland fans making fun of LeBron because he <laughs> hadn't won those rings. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you, you can come home again as LeBron's shown. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look what <laughs> happened to him, yeah. It's not bad. So you've also signed uh, Davi Klassen, who's a very nice signer in that heart, that yes. midfield. Yeah. Gary's uh, days are numbered. Oh, 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 
you reckon Gareth Barry? I, I think it's more inclined to. I think Gareth Barry's days have been numbered for a while. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, another player who's 24. So again, apart from Rooney, this this whole transfer window has about been getting this squad younger. Mm. Um, like I said, Clanton has been looked like a fantastic player from the, the bits and pieces I've seen of him. Yeah. And I think that uh, with Ross Barkley's future uncertain, he could be. Mm-hmm. He could be the player to replace Ross, I think. Yeah, um, he, Barkley is a supreme talent, but he, he's never quite fulfilled that initial kind of potential. I don't think has he? He's, he's, he does it in spits, uh, fits and spurts. I think he, I think he plays too much like Jack Wilshere. I think his career is in danger of ending up like it. That would be a shame. I think he hangs on to the ball too much, mm. and um, as any Arsenal fan will tell you, that the fact that he, uh, that Wilshire holds on to the ball too much is what gets him injured so often because yeah. he's always there at the end of some little kick or little stud or something as mm. someone's trying to nip the ball away, probably just as Wilshire's just nipped it past him or something. But, yeah. but while, while Barkley doesn't have those um, those injury problems as much, he does flatter to deceive sometimes. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with the move for Sandro. So I don't watch a lot of Syria, uh, La, La, La Liga football, but 15 goals in 30 games for Malaga last season at, at the top level, that's not bad. Yeah. He's only 22 as well. He's come through that Barca system. Again, and, and sniping in at, uh, at uh, using a buyout clause of 5.2 million as well. Yeah, what a, that's a seems, great move. In today's body, it seems like a bargain, doesn't it? Yeah, he looks like the archetypical Barcelona striker. He's 5 foot 9. He's... he's He's still twenty two, he's got bags of pace. And he yeah, looks looks like goals. one of, looks like one of those options who could play through the middle instead of um instead of Rooney or could play out wide. Yeah. Um still talk that we might sign another striker. In fact there's talk that we could do all sorts of things. Everton Twitter doesn't know what to do with itself. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Olivier Giroud uh, talk won't kind of go away. Oh, I'd love the Olivier Giroud talk to be true. <laughs> Best looking man in the Premier League playing for your club. It wouldn't yeah. Matter. <laughs> also, 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 been linked with um, Dembele at Celtic. Oh my god! Um, yeah, that would be and, a real um, signal of intent because a lot of massive clubs are after him as well. Um, and uh, trying to haggle with Swansea about how much we're going to pay for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, <laughs> this could be a very different team. Yeah, very season. much so. Very much so. I think for Sigurdsson, personally, I think. I what are your thoughts? Even at even at the fifteen million pounds that's being quoted, again, the money kind of irrelevant. Um, I personally think that outside the top six, yeah. Gilfie Sigurdsson's the best player in the Premier League. If not the best, he's definitely up there as one of the best. Yeah, he on his day, he never really got a fair shake of the stick at Spurs. I don't think either. No, he was always competing. No, I, think I agree. He was there at the same time as was he there at Van der Vaart's time and he was. Yeah, like that, that sort of that sort of time. Yeah, Bale would have been Spurs still there. Time. Yeah, he's a, yeah he's a superb player. And Jordan Everton, I think him behind Giroud. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be yeah. really nice. <laughs> He takes a, a mean dead ball though, so him and Leighton Baines could have a few arguments. They could, yeah. <laughs> and you've also signed two guys I'm not aware of, uh, Nathangelo Markello. Yeah, he was news to me just a minute ago. <laughs> I missed out on that one. Signed him at the start of the window. And also Henry Onyekuru. Yeah, uh, £7 million. Again, from some sort from um, 
from uh, a club in Belgium. Yeah, UPEN. Not quite. goals in 57 games. Yeah, but again, I think it could be one of our um, our many sort of uh, promising young forward options. Mm. Um, how good he is, I have to wait and see, but I'm sure... I'm, I'm sure it could be interesting. Um, yeah, it's again it's keeping us younger. Um, it's been a huge transition in this year, and I think it goes to show that um, a, a lot of Everton fans were really, uh, really unhappy last season with the sort of how last season's transfer went. Yeah, they, there was this sort of this this idea that um, the money had come in. We got Steve Walsh from Leicester. Mm. And people were expecting things to happen immediately, and this just goes to show that Everton have seemed to be the one of the only teams who've acted so quickly in this transfer market. Yeah, um, getting deals done very early, and it just goes to show that actually, I think these are planned moves that have that have spent a good a good year in the making. Oh yeah, definitely. There's these players have been thoroughly scouted. I would have thought. Yeah. Over the course of last season. And also, just as the little cherry on the t- on the um, on the cake, I don't know what he's like. I don't even know how many. He doesn't appear to have even played for QPR. But we signed a player called Josh Bowler for okay. four point something million, four point two million pounds. I think it was from QPR. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, that is the sort of sign that um, that puts Evan with the big boys. That's what. Evan used to didn't used to spend, was hardly spent four point two million pounds on on starters. No, exactly. That's what Chelsea never mind used to a, do. Never mind a player who's probably going to go into our, our under twenty three team. Yeah, that's what Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal do. They come and take these kids from other lower clubs and just uh, yeah, give them whatever money they want for them. So yeah, that's a, that's a definite sign. Uh, elsewhere around the Premier League, City and Man United have both been busy. Um, well, Man United helped us helped us fund this. <laughs> Yes, Lukaku's gone. Rooney yep. was part of the deal. They gave you a hell of a lot of money. It says seventy-five million. Does that sound about right? Well, uh, I don't know what to believe anymore. The, uh, so many numbers um, have been because, around on this one. Well, well, there was so much confusion, wasn't there, about yeah. the whole Lukaku thing? Man, Man United came out and said we've we've got a deal for Lukaku. Um, claimed it was seventy-five million pounds. Um, immediately, um, the Everton chairman came out and said, "No, you haven't." <laughs> um, Chelsea came out as well about five minutes later and said, "We we don't think Man United are telling the truth. We still think we, <laughs> we still think we can get this deal done as well." Yeah. Um, Chelsea were then supposed to have matched our offer, which was strange considering we supposedly didn't have an offer agreed with anyone. <laughs> and the next thing I know, we'd agreed an offer. We started saying we'd agreed an offer with with, um, with Man United, and um, I've seen it reported. Um, it was reported in the Times that we'd agreed an offer for £90 million plus Rooney, um, who was supposed to be valued at £10 million, which met our £100 million valuation. <laughs> who knows? It's, 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 prob- it's probably one of those things like um, the, that the £90 million is probably the sensationalist reporting. It's like the... Yeah. Um, like the deal for Martial, where people were going, oh, they've spent £52 million, and they're like, OK, well... For them yeah. to spend fifty-two million pounds, he has to ten million pound, or that's contingent on him winning the Ballon d'Or and stuff. Yeah, they've got to complete all these sort of different uh, things they've put into the contracts. But yeah, it, it's good because 
it's, it's one of those times where Everton probably didn't want to lose Lukaku, almost certainly didn't, but they thought, right, we've got a price in mind, it, come and meet it, if you want he it also that badly. He also wouldn't sign a new contract. No, so you're always kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't you, that you yeah. sell to get your money. But they, they can't argue with that money for him, that's fantastic. And May United have also signed Victor Lindelof, a Portuguese centre-back, uh, definitely an area of need for them. Central defence wasn't the best last season. Yeah, keep keep Phil Jones away from that, that football pitch. <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the city, they they were straight in there as soon as the window opened. Bernardo Silva, 43 million. I'm a big fan of that. He was a great player for Monaco last season. He's straight in my fancy teams this year as well. Yeah, do you think he's going to play enough? I can see him being the new... David Silva in that squad being the one that everything goes through but you think he's going to force David Silva out straight away <laughs> I'm kind of banking on it to be honest <laughs> fantasy I, just, I, I think that Man City at the moment in terms of their, their the players they've got at their disposal they are there's so many unknowns mm. obviously Yaya Torres signed that new contract yeah. is, is he going to pl- continue to play at the base of that midfield um, then is he is Pep going to go back to this? Well, we probably the not go fullback thing. Probably not going to play collar off at centre back again. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> no. But like, is he is he, is Pep going to play sort of go to that back four and then sort of like that four one four one? Yeah, he's got if a, if a lot so of what, players there. Yeah, exactly. If so, what does that what does that mean for? Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Aguero, which which one of them's playing up front? Yeah, that's the problem. That's that's the in, that's the in vogue formation with the one striker. But if you've got and so then, many world class ones, assuming assuming one of them isn't playing, then what does that leave you? That leaves with the that leaves you with a four, and you could see Silva, uh, De Bruyne, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah three of those are almost guaranteed. Yeah, those three have got to play, haven't they? And, yeah. and then, and then who else? Like, is that West? Do you then play Bernardo Silva as the other? Um, That's going to leave a lot of running for Yaya to do. Yeah, I mean, he's not the man, is he? <laughs> no. Um, I I think that we're still going to see. Just looking at this um, this playing squad for Man City at the moment, I still think that there's going to be a lot of business done for Man City. I think we need a left back. Mm. Um, I, I would be surprised if they didn't want another centre back. Yep, oh, another area of weakness for them, definitely. Um, they've got uh, they've got Sa- I suppose they've got Sane as well. Sane would be another one of those that yeah. four, so that would complete the four and not have Bernardo Silva. You've also got Nolito, who became a bit of a forgotten man after a, a quite good first six months. Yeah. Um, Gundogan, is he going to be fit? Will he ever stay fit? Who knows? But then you've got this. This squad is then made up with other players, sort of like Iniacho is supposed to be. Well, yeah, gone. he's probably on his way, but then he's not now. Um, they've got Mangler and Nazri still to get rid of. Um, <laughs> There's the Joe Hart problem hanging around the neck. Yeah, supposed to be joining West Ham. Yeah. Um, it's quite it's massively unbalanced. This squad at the minute. Yeah, really. That's why you, you look at it and think there's got to be some some work done here. Because look, if I'm looking at sort of defensive options. You've got 
Carl Walker. Do you want to talk about Carl Walker, Ross? I know know how much he gets your goat. (laughs) Yeah, we'll come on to him in just a sec. Yeah, the rest of their defensive options is not. Vincent Company, John Stones, uh, Kolarov. Yeah. Otamendi. Otamendi. And then players I've never heard of before. Yeah. Yeah, Mangalo is not really part of the squad. And Mangalo doesn't have a squad member. Yeah. You, yeah, you need some reinforcements there. Yeah. I mean, you've got two of the, well, two of the most expensive defenders ever in, in world football playing in your back three, in Carl Walker and John Stones there. Yeah. And yeah. also the world's most expensive goalkeeper as well, Edison, signed. 35 million, was it? Yeah. From Benfica. A lot of money. For a Brazilian goalkeeper. I'm immediately suspicious, Brazilian goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since Tafarel, they've always broken my heart. <laughs> yeah, they're not the most uh, reliable, but we'll see. I'm sure they've done their scouting on him. But yeah, Kyle Walker. Uh, but here, this, same... I'm looking at this. He, they've paid £35 million for a player who hasn't played for Brazil. Yeah. That's a lot of money, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not even your starting national team goalkeeper. I mean, who is the Brazil goalkeeper? I, I couldn't even name him. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, this is baffling. I want to say Julio Cesar, but he's probably retired, isn't he? Yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> he's probably about 40. Um, yeah, I cannot name the Brazilian goalkeeper off the top of my head. No. Oh, that's going to remain a mystery. I want to talk about Carl Walker and his... Um, BBC is saying 45 million now. Yeah, it's gone down. Doesn't make it and any it, less uh, easy to swallow. You know, that hasn't helped it for you. <laughs> No, um, I, I will concede going forward as a wing back. Kyle Walker is one of the best in the league, if not Europe. He's he's cracking at doing that. It's yeah. it's the defending part that I don't think he's too good at. And going to City, you... um, which who no one defends anymore, Granddad. <laughs> this is true. But then I think Chelsea have gone and signed uh, Rudiger from Roma. Uh, right, right full back, right wing back. He can defend because he's been brought up in that Italian system, and they've got him a lot cheaper. I, he, they've paid for English, haven't they? Isn't he gonna that? What the? Isn't that the guy who plays for Chelsea also gonna be a? Um, is it, doesn't he also play centre back though? Am I yes. wrong there? Yeah, he can play any. Well, yeah, right side, middle, uh, middle of the back. Yeah. But look, this is you have to remember that. How successful Pep was with Danny Alves at right back. True, yeah. Like defending isn't doesn't come like <laughs> no, going it's not forward is, is the important factor. And yeah. I I would say that, that in fact Carl Walker is the second best fullback in the Premier League. <sighs> as I, much as I, I don't like him. I can't name any better really. I'd take Hector Bellerin above him, but yeah, you got the youth and potential in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It just seems like a lot of money. They've, they've, I think they've paid because of that much. Oh, absolutely. You have to pay a bit more because he's English. And... But yeah, Spurs were, known, were in no position that they really wanted to sell, were they? So, like like Lukaku, pay us what we want for him or you're not having him. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they didn't even have the, the issue of um, of a contract holdout like we had to deal with. So, well, we kind of had to sell and it was just, it was it was lucky that we could create a sort of an auction to drive the price up. Yeah. Um, whereas they didn't, they could keep Carl Walker if they wanted to. Um, yeah. Obviously, tensions seem to be frayed towards the end of the season. There seemed to be a bit of a falling out with um, 
with Pochettino. Yeah, uh, it was dropped, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Trippier was getting more game time. And mm. um, you could sort of see the the sort of the signs of descent there from from Walker. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know how much. Part of me, when I think he's, again, like I said, I think he's a very good player. I think that it's kind of one of these odd situations where maybe neither team needs to worry about it too much. No. I think that Man City have got themselves a good fullback who's going to do them, who's going to fit into to what Pep wants to do perfectly. Yeah. Um, Spurs already had a, a player who is, well, completely different mm. because he does very, he has very different skill set. Trippier was a very good player and one who was, they probably were about to have a problem of sort of that struggle to keep everyone happy. Yes, if you've got two starting players in each position, you've got a problem. Yeah. Eventually. Um, so while the, you do see Spurs fans on, on social media sort of derising the move from from Walker's point of view or City's point of view, it, and it does have a sort of this sense of... Um, than protesting too much. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about it if I was a Spurs a Spurs fan. No, I think you're going to be fine, really. I think um, you've got bigger problems by the fact that you can't play at Wembley. And... <laughs> yeah, that's, you're going to play at least uh, yeah. a few games there next season. Yeah, you, you've, you've peaked. <laughs> uh, Liverpool have been fairly quiet. The Mohamed Salah one dragged on and on and finally got completed for £34 million. I saw him a bit for Roma last year he was good um, he never really got a chance with Jose at Chelsea so no, interesting no. to see how Liverpool use him I'm, I'm guessing on the left with uh, Mane on the right with a, a striker through the middle well Klopp likes to play with the, with that with that false nine in, in Firmino doesn't he where yeah. he doesn't have that striker and then you have Coutinho sort of that, that front four but Again, as we, a player we've already talked about, their best player last season was um, was Lallana, no? Well, yeah, exactly. Where does he play in this? Do you then move him back and play him alongside... I mean, Lallana's good enough that he can do that. Um, yeah, slot back into the actual central midfield role. Play him alongside, I suppose, Emre Chan. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a nice line-up there. Chan and Lallana there, and then the other four we mentioned as the, your attackers. But uh, what I would worry about from that point of view, if I was a Liverpool fan, um, that it, it does look nice. It's got a lot. Of, it's got a hell of a lot of pace. Yeah. Um, but um, if you look at the players that, um, like, if you're going up against Manchester United, for example, especially mm. like Jose, the prime example, and you, he, he's playing um, Bailly and Lindelof through the middle, yeah. um, a midfield free of um, of Pogba. Carrick and um, Fellaini and Lukaku up top. You've got players who are all over six, six one, six two. There, yeah, he's getting mauled. And yeah, that, that Liverpool team is not one that is going to be able to match up physically. No, no, certainly not. Um, Huddersfield are in the Premier League. Never thought I'd say that. Breaking transfer record after transfer record, aren't they? Yeah, on. Some but that's players. what happens when you're. That's what happens when you're small time. <laughs> yeah, the transfer record was broken by signing Steve Mo- Mooney. I think that's what I'm going to call him for the season. Yeah, why not go from with it. Montpellier for 11 million pounds? They signed Tom Ince. Brilliant. Uh, Scott Malone and Joe Garner. Uh, sorry, uh, Scott Malone and Aaron Moy, who was maybe their best player last season. He's completed a transfer for, after a loan from Man City for eight million pounds. 
they're, they're signing players to get relegated, I think. You reckon? Yeah, Tom Ince has never really done it for me. Um, I have no idea who the striker is they broke the record for. Do you just think Tom Ince isn't good enough? Yes, basically. I think he is a lot of hype without too much end product. I mean, he, he, was, he was in and out of the Derby team last season for spells. Well, there you go. It tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Premier League Arsenal have smashed. Uh, they've actually signed a, a, a striker for a change. Uh, Lacazette yeah. has come in they've from signed, Leon. They've signed Lacazette and that guy whose name I can't remember. Um, the 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 fullback from uh, Stuttgart on oh, a free. Yes, that was the first signing, wasn't it? All yeah. the fans thought, "Oh God, here we go. This is what we're going to do. This is our future." <laughs> Lacazette's a nice signing. He's not. He's he's not that top level of striker. He's good. I, you just worry again that in this in this inflated transfer fee, when you've got a player coming from France, mm. is forty six and a half million pounds the new fee that you pay for for? The, is he the new Olivier Giroud? Yeah, Do you know I mean, who yeah, was a very good player. I, I think I think Giroud is hard done by um, by his. Um, by Arsenal fans most of the time, yeah. but he isn't that. He isn't a player at that level of Aguero, of even maybe Naruto Set Lukaku or Dio Costa, or yeah, he's he's that that tier two striker, isn't he? Yeah, go and spend another thirty million and get Aubameyang or someone like that. That's yeah. I mean, that would probably break uh, Wenger's heart to spend almost seventy million on a player, or eighty million on a player. But uh, elsewhere in the Premier League. Bournemouth have been That's who I wanted busy. to talk about. Nathan Ackay has signed for twenty million pounds from Chelsea. Um I think Bournemouth have done some fantastic business. Begovic. Begovic and, and Ake. Yeah, um, great deals. Bournemouth became a different team after Ake left in January. Yes. Mm. Um so this is uh, that it's always nice signing Ake is a bit of a risk free signing for him. They've already worked with him, they know what he's about. Exactly, um, yeah. He he knows the club. He knows every so everyone should benefit from that. Begovic is a keeper who is was far too good to be um, to be a, a, sitting on the bench. Yeah, definitely. In any Premier League club, whether it's Chelsea or not, um, if if we hadn't signed Pickford, I wouldn't be disappointed if Begovic was currently playing for, for Everton. He's like I think hold yeah. him in that high regard. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as I'd like to keep saying that maybe he's past Jermaine Defoe just is just going to score your goals, isn't he? Yeah, he's thirty-four now, but he'll get ten goals if not more this season because he just yeah. he just knows how to find space in the box, and you can't really put a price on that. A man who can be unmarked in the box. Yeah, he's uh, he's scored goals everywhere he's been, and he's got a history at Bournemouth. He went he, it's a long time ago now, but two thousand scored uh, I think something like eighteen goals in a row or something for them. What about when? So. Yeah, it's, it's a nice signing, and he's got a lot of media attention recently. He's proven to be an all-round good guy. Top, top bloke, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other transfers in the Premier League you want to um, It's not been massively busy, really, apart from a few clubs. Like we said, you, you, you have that feeling that it's still going to kick off, don't you? Even yeah. though Everton have gone about their business on making all this fuss, but I still think that gonna, Man United are going to do something. I still think Man City are going to do something. Liverpool keep being linked with Cater from... Um, yes, that will not um, go away. Yeah, for, but seem to not want to pay the £70 million. Yeah. Even though he's... The guys on social media talking basically 
making kissy eyes at them. <laughs> I like Jay Rodriguez to West Brom, and Saints have done well to get £12 million for a man that's not played football for two years. Yeah? You, you, I'm a big you Rodriguez sort, fan. You only sort of want good things for, um, for Rodriguez, don't you? Like yeah. um, a player who was uh, on the verge of breaking into England's must have been Euro squad at the time, maybe the World yeah. Cup squad. About 2014, uh, I think. Maybe, yeah. He was definitely in the verge of about to go to a major tournament for England, picks up an unfortunate injury and never seems to be able to to get past it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sunderland are preparing for life in the Championship by signing Aidan McGeady and James Vaughan. That's always Everton, nice to have Aidan. No, former Everton players. Uh, yeah, I don't care how much they pay. Yeah, Moyes is gone, but <laughs> meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> Simon Grayson, of course, is the new Sunderland boss I'm a big fan of. I really didn't want him to go there. I, uh, I got quite a lot of retweets and likes for calling them a small-town club that didn't deserve a manager of his class. Yeah. <laughs> and Sunderland fans actually agreeing with me as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the best, maybe the best bit of business we've done is getting rid of Aidan McGeady off our books. Yeah, I'm so happy when he signed for you as well. It just never really worked. No. Um, what do you think of, as a, again, a player maybe who talking about players whose careers have gone up and down and stalled and um, Will Hughes has got his move to the Premier League playing for Watford yeah he's eight, eight million pounds yeah Pro- th- probably probably not being scouted by Barcelona anymore no probably not he's, uh, he's he had 12 se- uh, not 12 seasons he's had 6 seasons of first team football at Derby and scored 12 goals and yeah it's not enough is it no it's very much a hype before actual end product with Will Hughes. They've also signed Tom Cleverley and Nathaniel Shalabar. They're signing purely English players, Watford are. Yeah. Which is a uh, first for them. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's a new tactic, isn't it? Yeah. Where are the players from? Is it because Granada have gone down now? It must be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to change change their tune. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom, I I like Tom Cleverley. Um, He's a decent player. Watford's a nice level for him, I think. Tom Cleverley's a player who just does the um, does the nice, just does the quiet work. He's mm-hmm. He's he's the um he's he's the grease for the for the wheels I think definitely yeah and that's not a bad midfield three for a team of Watford's level cleverly Hughes and Shalabar that's a that's decent enough I want to talk about Wolves and the fact that they signed Ruben Neves from Porto for fifteen yeah fifteen point eight million pounds which is ridiculous that's more than Huddersfield <laughs> he is. Obviously, on football manager alone, he's touted as a wonder kid. He's twenty years old. He's played sixty games for Porto already. Um, capped at every Portuguese level from under 16s to full national team. And it seems a step down, doesn't Wolves. it? There's some huge step down. <laughs> I don't understand this. Champions League football with Porto or Championship? Do you reckon they just got confused? <laughs> Championship? Yeah, it must be the same thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My English isn't great, but. <laughs> So yeah, Wolves seemingly putting the market down to the rest of the championship. They're spending the most money. Leeds. Have... Do you reckon it's going to be like? Has he done a press conference yet? Is it going to be like when Rubinho signed for Manchester City and just got it completely wrong? Didn't know oh, yeah. where he was. <laughs> I thought this was somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> but they just—he just spends his whole time in a car with blacked-out windows, so he can't see the outside. <laughs> just gets delivered somewhere. Yeah, well, Wolves are being run by an agent, aren't they? One of those. Um... Super agents. I can't remember what his name is. It's um, Jordan. Is it Jordan Mendes? Yes, that makes, supposed, makes sense. Supposed to have his hand in the Wolves pot, isn't he? Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Leeds. They've, 
New manager. Changed. Again, yeah, another new manager. Never heard of him I, before. Owned the stadium. We actually own the stadium again. Um, I've probably been sold twice in the last time we spoke. <laughs> well, this guy, Adrea Radrazzini, who's the new Leeds chairman, owner, everything, he spent now over £100 million in everything from the purchase of the club to the stadium to the new playing squad. That's a phenomenal investment in some sort. We've not received it for a long, long, long time. This is the most money we've spent in a transfer window alone since uh, 01, 02. The wire of the fee is all undisclosed, Russ. I can't. I haven't got a clue what's going on. <laughs> uh, basically, they're all between three and a half and four million pounds for the okay. uh, the guys from uh, uh, Bremen and um, Hedeska and Lugano and places like that. We've signed a lot of players I've never heard of. I'm not going to lie. I've no idea who all these <laughs> players are. We signed Pontus Janssen, who was our best player last season on loan from Torino. He signed at three and a half years, um, three years for three and a half million. We signed Hadi Saku, who was on loan again last year, a couple of billion pounds. And then we just started, we got a new manager and a new director of football, and everything just happened. And it's almost a signing a day at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matthias Click, who is... So they, they all play in midfield, from what I understand. Uh, we signed one striker, and then we signed one, two, three, four, yeah, four midfielders, and we've not got rid of anyone, so okay. let's go along with our massively overrun midfield already. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one I'm most excited about, the two, I should say, are Gianni uh, Eloski uh, from Lugano, who was wanted by, uh, I can't never pronounce her name right, is it Baal? Baal? The Swiss team? Uh, FC Baal. Yeah, yeah, they wanted him, and so did Atalanta in Syria. Okay, and yeah. Samu Samu Saez, who was apparently the best player in um, Liga B last season. So we'll see. They're, they're creative midfielders who can score a few goals. Yeah. What, what we need, apart from Chris Wood with his thirty last season, our next highest scorer had six goals. So we definitely need some more. Yeah, just need to see how that. How obviously it all comes down to how they adapt to the the football at the Championship, doesn't it? Um, yes. The main thing is, I think we've got them all in now. They can kind of bond a bit as a team as well throughout pre-season. I mean, yeah. Last season, throwing a bunch of players together, well, like a two days before the season starts. That's the Leeds way, Ross. It is normally, yeah. <laughs> we've changed. We've changed. Yeah. Hopefully for the best. And Colin, you would be listening to this. Just one final transfer. Johnny Housen has left Norwich City to sign for Middlesbrough and Gary Monk. Does- does that hurt even more because it's Gary Monk? <laughs> I think it does for Colin. I just don't really care, to be honest. As soon as the player leaves Leeds, that's it. I don't really want them back. So That's not how Colin approaches things. Colin, as soon as a player leaves Leeds, Colin immediately wants them back. <laughs> he enshrines them. Yeah. The only one I would take is Snodgrass, and there's been rumours of that, but he's going to cost a lot of money, and we're not going to spend that much money. Where is he? Is he still at West Ham, isn't he? West Ham, yeah, but apparently he's transfer listed for around £10 million. So. But what? West Ham didn't even pay £10 million to sign him. I know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, do they? West Ham doesn't, don't understand how this works. <laughs> they're just doing whatever they want. And see West, how, see West, how it works out. West Ham, look, while, while I wanted to talk about how good, um, how, how happy I was with sort of the business that Bournemouth have done, West Ham seems to be an absolute shambles <laughs> of a club. They've signed no one so far. This and who's, who's in charge of the signings? Is, uh, the, is there a director of football... Um, does, does Alan Sugar just do it because he's because Karen Brady's it and their mates or is it a, a shambles do you reckon she gets clawed to do the negotiations and that's why because he, he rubs people up the wrong way so he does 
people just leave immediately or something. <laughs> well, they've managed to shift um, Harvard Nortveld and Enna Valencia so far, and that's it. That's all the only business they've done. Well done. They managed to sell players. Yeah, probably want to strengthen. Yeah, and, and now they're just reacting so childishly to something they've pulled out of interest. They supposedly pulled out in the last day or so in um, pursuing Olivier Giroud because he, they're not his first choice. Oh, God, get over yourselves. I mean, lots of players go have to play for the club that isn't their first choice. Yeah. Right. Surely everyone's first choice is Barcelona or Bayern Munich or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you make do a signing for Brentford because that's they're more interested in you. <laughs> it begins with a B, it's close enough. Yeah, exactly. I do. Ah, so it's been a busy window so far, but yeah, it's, it's nowhere near finished. No, and it, it still feels too early, but it's all kicking off. Everyone, they've, I think pretty much every club has reported back now. Um, players mm. have gone on, gone on tour. Um, sort of the the level of um, media coverage has just become absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I'm getting um, push notifications every day about telling me about which players haven't gone on tours with clubs <laughs> because that's supposedly transfer gossip. Yeah, like something. Yeah. Uh, one of them we didn't mention before we before we tie it up, John Terry. Oh, come to the championship. Well, Definitely that's not the bit about John Terry we need to talk about, is it? <laughs> um, right, uh, any football club that's listening, and 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 you all are <laughs> these these banterful transfer announcement videos. Yeah, stop them now. Yeah, Saints put you all in your place this weekend. Did what did Saints do? They released a massive video with like uh, quotes from like the, the um, loads of papers and film magazines and stuff saying these are pointless and uh, they make no sense and the plots are relevant and it's like a the police break into a building to um, to Stuart Taylor sat on a sun lounger because he signed a new one year deal. Ah, oh, brilliant! That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm really worried that it's going to turn out that like Man-, Man United have got this like really big deal like brewing or something and yeah. like. The whole like McGregor Mayweather thing is all just part of that. Mm. It's like a huge bit of performance art. <laughs> if they bring Neymar out on stage in the Man United shirt, the, the tw- on the on the twenty sixth of August, he just <laughs> the 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 ring the, the bottom of the ring appears and dry, fills with dry ice, and he just rises. <laughs> and a... oh, if that is all leading to that, I mean, I'm happy with it because that, <laughs> that is peak football. Then there's only one way you can go from that. But. My favourite one about the, the the John Terry one, and for those who haven't seen it, it's a um, a, a mocked up video of um, a I hope a fake fake WhatsApp group for <laughs> for Aston Villa players, where it starts with Steve Bruce harassing the um, the chairman about whether he's got it, whether the deal's done, whether the deal's done, yeah. and then he adds John Terry to the group, and then. Gabby Abonglahor claims that he's the best defender to ever play for them, play for them, and then they actively have three former defenders yeah. leave the group. They yeah, literally... well, it, was, it was Martin Lawson, wasn't it? And then it was Paul McGrath at the end, and um, Olive Melberg, yeah. literally mocking club legends. Yeah, what are you doing? You've sold your soul when you're mocking club legends for John Terry, and you're paying him eighty grand a week. Yeah, that's, that is ridiculous. Uh, oh. Also, like, how do you build a defence with John Terry when he can't play every week? No, there's no way he's playing 46 games next season. Exactly. The championship <laughs> is more games, not less games. Like, 
He, he's going to be found out. He has to be. What's the plan here, guys? But then I say found out. He's been found out years ago. He can't run anymore. I'm baffled. I'm absolutely baffled. Why? I just retire instead of play for Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Oh, he's definitely done this himself. He's got captain in italics on his Wikipedia page as well. On the Aston Villa oh. Wikipedia page. He's Aston Villa captain? <laughs> yeah. So they've got a defence of John Terry, Alan Hutton, Mika Richards. <laughs> and then whoever just want to play left back for them. It's peak 2006. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I hope they get relegated again. Yeah, 2006, 2000... Uh, what would it have been? 2007? Maybe 2007, 2008. I saw Mika Richards play right back for England. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. When I went to Wembley, so... John Terry was probably in that game. <laughs> yeah, I bet he was, actually. Um, Alan Hutton, obviously not there for other reasons, but... Probably definitely in the Scotland squad at that time. Yeah. Um, what, what more do you want? Who's playing... <laughs> who, who's playing left-back? Um, so probably someone like... Wayne Bridge? What's he up to? <laughs> He's definitely on a free, I'm almost certain. I've got Richie Delat, who seems to be playing football forever. He could play left-back. Oh. <laughs> imagine being a Villa fan. I've said that for years, but imagine now being a Villa fan. <laughs> <laughs> I can finally feel smug about being a, a Villa hater. It's lovely. All these play- all, th- all those fans who thought they were going to bounce straight back up. <laughs> I want money off people at work because of that. Fantastic. Yeah, it's always the best. Oh, we're going to win the league. Uh, no, you're not. You finished thirteenth. <laughs> not even top half. Anyway, right. That's we've done an hour, Adam. We're done, a, yeah. Nothing to do. Really. Nothing's happened as well. Not even, not even any games. No, no. I've not even looked to bet on anything, which is a, a first. Well, that's going out of hand in itself, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't understand, uh, uh, as a slight ramp, why bookmakers are allowed to to hold markets on um, on transfers, um, mm. because they become self perpetuating. Yes. So. What happens is they have a um, they hold a market on a player joining somewhere. They slash the odds hmm. on a player moving to a certain club. The media reports on the fact that the bookmaker has slashed the odds and use that as a source. And then it becomes a rumor that he's joining them. Yeah, so players, so then play, then people, I assumingly <laughs> think, oh, he must be joining. I'll get on that. Yep. <laughs> When it's bollocks. This is Colin's football manager market, basically, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah. Yeah. Football is run by the booking agents and bo- bookies agents and agents. Yeah. God. And Sky. Colin, Colin's always been completely right about that. Yeah, that manager thing is disgraceful because our new manager wasn't even on the list of any bookies websites, and he just appeared one day. New boss. That was it. No, like, no forewarning or anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, the odds are being slashed for Alan Pardew. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, poor Alan. Still disappointed. Wow. That one. Watch out for him. He's he's still he's still lurking around. <laughs> He'll make an appearance at some point. Yeah. Right. Let's end this for now. Um, you can of course get us from the World Football Index. You can get so many other podcasts and loads more coming next season. You can find us on Twitter at Man on the Post. Um, we're going to get more active, and we'll be back next season with um, regular Thursday and Sunday shows. So Chris and his guys will be previewing stuff and we'll be back to rounding it up as we do in our own way I've got a new microphone and a new internet connection ready to cut, cut, come in on Tuesday oh, ready to go yes. 
It's only taken six years, but I'll finally be the get, only one. Get, getting our act together. I won't be the only one with a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm. I'm actually looking forward to football. Imagine that, Adam. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have said that a couple of a couple of weeks ago, would you? No, no, certainly not. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be back with loads of podcasts. And uh, until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Adam. Bye. And always remember to have your man on the post. Thank you.